So, yeah, we've got lots of great business partners out there as well as church partners and even individuals that have just seen the value and the work that our volunteers are doing with our students. Because here's the bottom line. If we're going to provide an educated workforce to attract businesses to come to Memphis, we've got to make sure these kiddos can read. And again, we can't wait until they're in high school to do it. It's way too late at that point. We've got to make sure these skills are secure early on. Research reveals that children living in poverty who read proficiently by the end of the third grade have an 89% graduation rate. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today, Karen Vogelsang, who is the executive director of Arise to Read, and also, by the way, the 2015 Tennessee Teacher of the Year. Karen, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here, Byron. It's time to do an update, especially in the midst of a pandemic. Absolutely. And the great work that Arise to Read does. You are actively helping develop children in the public schools mm-hmm. through an incredible amount of volunteers focused on literacy. Yes. You want to hear all about it? I do. I love hearing about it. Okay, you know, great. And I was concerned because of the pandemic has, yeah. has just created so many hurdles Absolutely. for all of our lives. Yes. But, I, but really, our children and education yeah. are really yeah. suffering, aren't they? They are. They are. This has um, just been such a challenging time for um, our students, our teachers, their families. And uh, really, when the Safer at Home order was issued back in March, we had nearly 38,000 books in storage, ready to hand those books out to 4,000 students throughout Shelby County. Wow. Uh, to We give those backpacks away at the end of the year for the Can't Read Some More party. Um, thankfully, at the end of uh, middle of May, we were able to get to those books, get those backpacks packed, and get them distributed to um, our partner schools. We partnered with 41 schools last year. But as a result, uh, the district reached out to us. Shelby County Schools reached out to us in early June and said, hey, are you guys, you know, will you be ready either way, whether we're going virtual or face-to-face, or if we need to be a hybrid model, would you be ready? Well, Arise to Read has always been a face-to-face model, and that's one of the most powerful aspects of our program. Uh, Having these incredible volunteers, over 1,200 of them for the last two years, taking an hour out of their week every week for the majority of the school year to meet with students, work with two students, one each for 30 minutes, to really improve those early foundational literacy skills so they can actually get to that graduation rate. And uh, we said, yeah, absolutely, we'll be ready either way. We weren't exactly sure what that was going to look like, but we said we would be ready. Well, the stats are in for the 2018-2019 school year. I was looking at the website. Very exciting news where you mentioned supporting over 1,200 students in 34 schools, volunteer-supported students in 31 schools in both semesters, and that was up from 21 schools last year. Ten more schools. Karen, that's great. This is what's so exciting. These post-test results revealed an average gain of 324 words, which represents an average of just over three grade levels of growth. Pre-test results showed only 20% of the students were reading on sight word grade level. Yeah. But then here's what it gets. It just turns into magic and, and just God's grace and goodness to, yeah. to you guys. Post-test results demonstrated a 247% increase in the number of second graders reading on sight word grade level in the 31 schools that were tested. Yeah. Oh, Karen, yeah. that is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> 
It, it's amazing, and it's all because of our incredible volunteers, and they just build these incredible, strong, powerful relationships because they're working with the same two children every week. So they're breathing life into these children. They're breathing positivity, and the children are becoming motivated, confident, excited about reading, and they just take off. They absolutely take off, and they get excited about reading. So those numbers, yes, absolutely God's grace and our incredible volunteers that God has blessed us with. Well, as you mentioned, the motto here, face-to-face, one-on-one, maybe arm around the shoulder, a hug. I can't imagine. When you got second-grade students, they're just full of life and love. Absolutely. They love hugs. They love that affection and that attention. So how do you maneuver through a (laughs) pandemic and create that same closeness? It's been a challenge, to say the least. You know, Shelby County Schools is the only district in the state, remained virtual only, no face-to-face. So we have not been able to get back face-to-face with the students in the 41 schools that we partnered with this past year. We did create an online virtual platform so that if we were able to meet with the children virtually, we would have this online platform where volunteers would be able to connect with students virtually and deliver the Arise to Read program. But, you know, sometimes God closes some doors and sometimes he opens new doors and he's opened several new doors for us in this environment. We have a lot of children whose parents work. When the children couldn't go back to school, the YMCA partnered with the school district to open all of these YMCA virtual learning hubs. A lot of the locations where these virtual learning hubs are taking place are churches and other nonprofits that we've partnered with for sometimes two, three, four, five years. So the churches reached out to us and said, hey, the kiddos are here. Can you bring a rise to read here? And we said, yeah, absolutely. So now we're not just focusing on second graders. We're focusing on K-5. We are pre-testing every student at that location and finding out what children would benefit from a rise to read. And again, our incredible volunteer base, we've got over 200 volunteers right now that are more than willing to serve face-to-face. So we're connecting those volunteers with these locations. In fact, we actually just got our first site up and running this morning. So it's definitely been a long journey, but there have been so many logistical things to figure out to make sure that our children are safe, our volunteers are safe, YMCA and church staff are safe. So we're excited about this door that the Lord's open for us. It reminds me, Karen, in Scripture where Paul references God closing a door but opening up other doors, you know, of ministry. Yeah. But being ready in season, out of season. (laughs) Well, and that's been the other, you know, one of the things that happened for us over the summer is we had several books kind of left over in our supply. And we know that you fall in love with reading when you have access to books. And we know that 61% of low-income students don't have access to books at home. So we wanted to find a way to get these extra books into the hands of of students throughout Shelby County. So we discovered a new partner, Red Door Urban Missions, right off of Mill Branch, and we took some books out there, starting to have a a conversation with Brother Eric Watkins out there and learned about the number of students that they were serving. And we ended up hosting a vacation Bible school about two weeks before school officially started on August the 31st. Well, our team went out there, did an amazing job with the children, and then the children kept asking Eric, when's Miss Beth coming? 
coming back? When's Miss Anna coming back? Where's Miss Roz? <laughs> the incredible staff that we are blessed with at Arise to Read has basically created an after-school Bible program for the students at Red Door Urban Mission. So we're kind of piloting this effort there. We have 40 children that are coming every Monday to meet there. And then because this is such a challenging time, a lot of the parents that are part of Red Door Urban Missions reached out to the team there and said, I can't handle this learning thing at home with my kiddos. You've got to help. So now they've created a virtual learning space. And so that's going to be another site where we're going to work to provide volunteers and help during the school day with their learning, with the Rise to Read support. And then on Mondays, we've got the after school Bible clubs taking place. So yeah, the Lord has opened some new doors for us. And I got to tell you this quick, funny story, Byron, when we were going out to our first location, a couple of our staff went out there and the kids were in their classrooms in the virtual learning space and they saw the staff walk by and they're like, oh, hi, and they're doing all this. It's like humans, you know, human contact. I mean, and that's what our children are just craving and that relationship piece, right? Yes. That's yes. where it all starts, whether it's a relationship with the Lord, relationship with your teacher, a mentor, it all starts with relationship. And virtual relationships aren't quite the same as face-to-face. No, they really aren't. Karen, talk a little about the power of education and how it relates to the power of the gospel. Well, you don't fall in love with Jesus unless you can read God's Word, you know? And that's really our ultimate goal. Our ultimate passion, our ultimate goal is for children to be able to fall in love with God's Word because they can read God's Word. But we can't wait until children are in middle school or high school. We have to address these reading issues. Really, from the time children are born, we need to be reading to our kids, talking to our children, face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact. Mm. But we have to make sure that these foundational literacy skills are really strong in our children before they ever leave second grade. So that they can go to third grade. Really, the first hurdle for our kiddos to get to, the first milestone is getting to high school graduation. Reading gives you choice. It gives you a choice. If you can't read, you're going to be very limited in what you're going to be able to do in life. We have to address it early. Karen, one of the things I don't know if we talked about too much the last time you were here were the Bible clubs and the beach club at home. Mm. I was on the site and I was watching the ventriloquist and I was watching (laughs) the sing along, the worship, the Bible clubs in the beach club at home. And I guess because of the pandemic, these have become big hits now. They have, yeah. We had two schools that we got started last year, Fraser Elementary School in the Fraser community and then Cordova Elementary School. And we had two kids beach club Bible clubs going on there this past school year. Well, when Safer at Home was issued and kids were at home, Kids Beach Club came up with a virtual beach club so that kids could access that. But I'm sure you know that from what we've learned about the number of children in Shelby County that do not have access to devices, that do not have access to internet, we were fortunate enough the way Kids Beach Club works that we had access to parent addresses and phone numbers and email addresses if they had email addresses. So our evangelism coordinator, Anna, reached out to over 50 families at these two schools and we said, here's an opportunity for you to access these lessons online. If you're not able to, would you like us to mail the lessons to you? So every week, Anna was mailing over uh, 50 families these 
printed out lessons with references to their Bibles. These were all children that on Great Treasure Day, they had received their Bible Mm -hmm. from Arise to Read and KBC. So they had their Bibles at home and they had these lessons that we were able to send them every week for the majority of the summer. Now, were these lessons designed for the parents to interact with the students? Kind of a combination of both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the kids were able to read on their own, then absolutely it would be something that they could do on their own. But if they weren't, it was definitely something that the parents could interact, uh, you know, with their children and and go over that lesson with them. But we were really excited. We don't typically have any postage expense, (laughs) so we were really excited to have that expense this summer. What have been some of the feedback from the parents and students with these virtual Bible clubs? Well, with doing the mail-in over the summer, just a lot of parents were very appreciative of having some material that was sent home to the children for them to be able to continue to interact and grow in their knowledge of God's Word. So I think that was one uh, definitely positive thing. Right now, there aren't any virtual clubs taking place at either of those schools because there's not a way for us to connect with the children virtually in Shelby County Schools right now. So the other exciting part is the after-school Bible club that we're doing at Bread Door Urban Missions and just seeing the excitement of the children when they come every week. We just gave them their Bibles last week. So it's just been very exciting to see, you know, just going deeper in a relationship with the children that our staff was able to interact with over the summer, now meeting with them on a weekly basis. And then hopefully that's going to translate into building relationships with the families as well. Are you seeing a decrease in volunteer involvement due to the coronavirus because you've had to make some changes? Yeah. Well, what we did is we surveyed our our volunteers um, earlier this summer and we said, look, we don't know what things are going to look like, but we'd love to get your feedback right now. If we're able to go back face-to-face, are you comfortable doing that? Because, you know, the majority of our volunteers are retired. Many of them have other health issues. So this is a really scary time. But our volunteers are incredible because we had, like I said, over 200 of them reply to us and say, I'm interested in face-to-face. We have many volunteers that are not always the most tech-savvy or comfortable with technology. And we said, hey, if we're able to provide you training Mm -hmm. and we're able to meet virtually with children, are you willing to do that? And we kind of gave them an option. It's like, oh, no, can't do it. Yeah, I'm not really sure about it, but I'm willing to learn. Or, hey, I'm a pro at this. Sign me up. So we had a lot of volunteers that, you know, were (laughs) the latter two and not the first one. So just and so many of them, Byron, have reached out. Oh, I wish I knew how my kiddos were doing. Have you heard anything? And of course, we don't have that level of contact with the children uh, once our, our school year is over. So that has been a very, very common question. Tell me about the lady on the book club that has this really big funny hat. She's helping the kids learn Bible verses. I mean, you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many different characters that KBC has included in those videos, and I don't know that particular one. Is that program produced by you? No, it's produced by Kids Beach Club. So Kids Beach Club basically offered us at no cost to be able to promote that work that they had. They did that all at no cost to be able to send those out. And then they're also doing virtual beach clubs with some of the partner schools and families that were served, not just here in Memphis, because there are kids beach clubs out there in the greater Shelby County area that are not affiliated with the Rise to Read. And they're still working at getting the gospel out there in front of the kiddos. So beach club is locally produced or no? Kids beach club is actually produced in Texas. So they're they're headquartered in Texas. I think it's the Dallas area, but don't hold me to that. But yeah, their home base is in Texas and they're in several, several states throughout the nation. And so they've been a great partner to work with. 
Karen, are you discovering issues of children becoming fearful, isolated through this time? And if so, are you able to address these issues? We haven't really come into contact yet with any children that have been fearful. It's very evident going into the virtual learning sites where you can just see that the isolation is getting to the children because they're six feet apart at tables. They're really not allowed to interact. They've got their masks on. You can tell that some children are frustrated because they're trying to understand how to use this technology. Just from my experience being in the classroom, you learn a lot from your peers and interacting with your peers. And so this has got to be a very, very challenging time for our children as well as their parents. Think about a parent who's at home trying to work at home, and then they also have children at home and trying to make sure that they're also getting their learning done. I cannot imagine being a parent during this time. You know, there's a story, too, of, of a young man that didn't have an Internet connection, so he walked where he could get access to Internet because yeah. he wanted to learn. Yeah. Well, and the district's done a great job in getting devices to all 90,000-plus students in Shelby County Schools and then making sure they have access to hotspots so they can get on their devices for learning. So, I mean, it's unprecedented what the Shelby County Schools has done to be able to make sure that children have access to this technology. And that technology is being used across America, of course. My sister-in-law teaches in the public school system in Huntsville. Mm. She came and spent about a week with us, but she still was doing her virtual school. I think she has fifth graders. Oh, wow. And from 8 o'clock in the morning until 2, she was in her room, the door closed, and she had all it set up, and she was teaching her class, and she would have her break, and then kids had questions. She was doing class like you would in a classroom, but it was online. All virtual. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, a rice to read now, I know, has ventured outside of Shelby County. We've talked about this in the past. How many areas now are you in outside of Shelby County? Last year, we had 57 other sites in 11 states. I think it's 11. It's either 11 or 14. But um, And then we have three organizations in Africa, in Uganda, Malawi, and Kenya, that are using the Arise to Read program. Really? Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Because for children in those countries, for them to further their education, they have to be able to, to read, write, and speak English. They have to have access to that education, and um, it was originally uh, piloted in a school in Kenya, and it was very successful, and then we had some folks from church that went to Malawi, and they introduced it to a school in Malawi. Actually, a year ago, this past September, Don and I were actually supposed to be in Uganda teaching all of their early elementary teachers in the entire country <laughs> how to use Arise to Read to support their students in learning. You were supposed to go? We were supposed to go last month. Okay. We found out about that a year ago, September. Oh, I see. Um, and of course, you know, this lovely virus just shut that opportunity down. But there has been one school in Uganda that has been using the Arise to Read program for a couple of years. And the minister of education was like, okay, what's going on at that school that's making it so successful? And so when she learned about it, and she's a Christian, she's like, well, we need to have them come here and train all of our teachers. So maybe the door will will reopen for that opportunity next year. We'll see. There's a prayer request right there, listeners, that God will answer that. Okay, what's required to start an Arise to Read program? 
Um, well, it's kind of hard to answer that question right now with the situation sure. that we're in. For anybody that wants to do this, especially outside of Shelby County, obviously there has to be some sort of collaboration with the principal that would like to have the program there. I've had people call up and I've said, well, do you have folks from your church or from your nonprofit that are serving in a school? No. Okay, well, you need to see if you can find an elementary school where they would like to have this. And then you have other sites where I remember a site in uh, Atlanta where there was a church. They already had volunteers going in there and they just didn't see impact and they learned about a rise to read. And I said, talk to your principal about getting a rise to read uh, in your school. And I'm happy to take part in those conversations. So really, it's a partnership, whether it's We've had individuals call that aren't necessarily affiliated with the church to church pastors to leaders of nonprofits that want to get a rise to read started. So the simple answer to the question is they need to call me and I'll walk them through it and we'll talk about it. Is there a typical time frame? Again, this is in light of, you know, without the pandemic. Right, I can't imagine right. what it's like with the pandemic, yeah. but a time frame for getting the program up and running. You know, obviously, the sooner you can get it started, the better. A lot of times, you know, I think at this point, let's say somebody wants to have it in the fall semester of school next year. We could literally spend the spring semester in conversations talking about all the details that it takes, you know, how to put the schedule together, where to get volunteers, how to do pre-testing, doing the training that's required of somebody that's going to lead the program. Because volunteers have to be screened, too. Yes. All background checks and school board policies have to be followed because we do not want any adult in front of a child until we know that they have that permission, that they've cleared those checks to be in front of a child. So the plans into 2021, what are they looking like? I mean, what are your meetings like now? Well, right now we have several nonprofits. So we've got, we're working with Memphis Athletic Ministries right now. They have four different sites where they have virtual learning taking place. We've already pre-tested their elementary students um, at one of their sites. We'll pre-test another site this week, and then we'll get two more of their sites up and running. We're working with Red Door Urban Missions. We're working with Pursuit of God Church. There's a YMCA site, uh, their virtual learning hub. We're in conversations with the YMCA and Christ Church. They also have a YMCA hub. So what's really happened is the Lord has opened a door for us to be face-to-face with children in these uh, learning spaces. So that's one exciting thing that's happening. And then on the other side, we've got our virtual learning platform ready and and raring to go. The district is just making sure that everything is safe and secure before they introduce volunteers into a virtual space. And so once that door opens, then that will probably be an opportunity for us to plug volunteers in with our students virtually. Okay. Karen, you kind of alluded to this at the beginning of our program, but tell me how someone listening right now can make a difference in the life of two students. Well, there are several things you can do. One, you can reach out to us via our website, which is arisetoread.org, and it's A-R-I-S-E, the number two, read.org. If you're interested in serving in Arise to Read, whether virtually or in person, one of the things that we have always done in the past is we've made sure that all of the students in the sites that we're serving receive books at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then at the end of the year. If you would like to be involved in that, there's a way to do donations from our website on our donate page. That's going to be something that's really important to us because we want to make sure that we're still getting books into the hands of our children. So those are just a couple of ways that you can get involved with the Rise to Read. No 
belabored training. It's about an hour long. You get to pick what days based on the schedules that are available out there, what hour. And right now with the way the schedules are setting up, there's lots of different times that are basically going to be available for volunteers to plug in and work with children. Well, of course, money helps make the miracle of a rice to read merry-go-round, go go around and be merry and do its job. That's right. Got to pay the bills. Yeah. And and I love this because you broke it down on your website. $25 provides a set of 10 books for one child. $100 provides five children a summer backpack. $625 provides a set of 10 books for every child in one classroom. $1,200 provides all of the supplies needed for a school to start the Arise to Read program. That's incredible. It's very inexpensive. And then $2,500 provides a set of 10 books for every child in the second grade in one school. Yeah, because we provide every child in the second grade with those books, whether we're tutoring them or not. So we want to make sure that every child in that partner school goes home with books because you don't fall in love with reading unless you have access to books. And we want to make sure they have a variety of texts, whether it's fiction, nonfiction. At Christmas, we send a a book home with a little treat bag. And then our big book giveaway is at the end of the year with our Can't Read Some More parties where we've got seven brand new books in there and some resources for the parents as well. Karen, corporate sponsorships, another important aspect for a rice to read? We have several business partners that have worked with us that have actually adopted a school. Um, One of my favorite stories is Green Mountain Technology adopting uh, Getwell Elementary School. We have churches that have adopted schools. Bellevue has adopted Treadwell Elementary School. So, yeah, we've got lots of great business partners out there as well as church partners and even individuals that have just seen the value and the work that our volunteers are doing with our students. Because here's the bottom line. If we're going to provide an educated workforce to attract businesses to come to Memphis, we've got to make sure these kiddos can read. And again, we can't wait until they're in high school to do it. It's way too late at that point. We've got to make sure these skills are secure early on. Well, I know you've gotten our listeners excited about volunteering, excited about donating, giving, supporting, corporate sponsorships. How can they contact you? They can contact me two ways. My direct telephone number in my office is 901-347-5579. My direct email is Karen V, as in Victor, at Arise, A-R-I-S-E, the number two, read.org. <laughs> Karen Vogel saying, God bless you, my dear sister. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing through Arise to Read. Thank you so much. And even though the pandemic is here and you're navigating through this mess, okay, it's so exciting. Yeah. Because God's alive and he's working. He is working. He's definitely working. And it's going to take all of us coming together, locking arms together to provide the support that our children need and deserve. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, Byron. Today's Mid-South Viewpoint is brought to you by Navage. Just think about all the nasty stuff we breathe in every day. You know, the dust, allergens, bacteria, pollen, pollution. You know the things in Memphis here. What are we breathing? Well, if you wash your hands and brush your teeth every day, then why aren't you cleaning your nose to clean out all that junk that's trapped up in there? Let me tell you about this product. If you suffer from allergies, sinus infections, or are worried about what you're breathing in, it's called Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. What's Navage? Well, it's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. People that have suffered from lifelong allergies call Navage a complete game changer. They are breathing more clearly, sleeping better, snoring 
less and feeling a whole lot better. In fact, 90% of people who use Navage report feeling healthier. Now with cold and flu season just around the corner, why not make Navage part of your daily health routine? Experience what it's like to truly breathe better, sleep deeper, and feel healthier. Go ahead and visit Navage.com. That's Navage.com. Or you can find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Target. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. 